Welcome to the Scale Up Valley podcast, where we bring the best of the best to help you scale your business from 1 million to 1 trillion. Today's guest is Monica Komarina, the COO at Force Manager. Monica, welcome to the show. Hi, Mike. Thank you for inviting me. It's a pleasure to, to have you, especially because we have worked together uh, in the past at, uh, at Force Manager. And it was such a pleasure to, to share with you the, the challenges of uh, scaling up uh, Force Manager and also to celebrate uh, our victories. So uh, in order to let the audience know more about you, uh, who, is, who is Monica? Okay, so um, I... <laughs> Monica is. Uh, I'm a lawyer who um, uh, got a bit bored of the of the law practice, and at some point took an MBA and decided to jump into into business. And it um, came to it, the the result was that getting into the business was jumping into the startup world in digital companies. Absolutely. Initially, I've spent um, like. Um, eight years or nine years of my my second part of uh, career path in in early stage companies, mm -hmm. B2B, uh, B2C and B2B2C. And uh, finally, I moved to force manager one year ago. And uh, um, I moved to force manager because I was looking for a, a later stage company and also uh, more product oriented and B2B company. So I would say I've been in B2C, B2B and, and B2C to, to B2B2C. So a bit of everything. We had, we had in the past in the show, one of your peers, uh, Agapito, uh, the, the chief customer officer of, mm -hmm. uh, of Force Manager as well. But for the ones who are uh, listening to this episode uh, and didn't listen to the one from Agapito, if you could as, let us know a little bit more about Force Manager and what sure. is the stage of growth, uh, it would be great. Sure. So Force Manager, it's a, a SaaS company. Uh, we've developed a CRM. Especially uh, focused in the activity, uh, in the sales activity. So it's a very, very oriented uh, sales CRM, uh, which allows uh, all sales teams to simplify their, their life and, and make the sale process easier, both for the account executives and the management team of, of the sales team. Uh, so the company, it's, it's been uh, running for, for more than 10 years. And it, I would say it's at that point of scale up that we, we need to. So it, it's been doing great for the last 10 years. But now we, we need to do a, a, a bit more of a scale up and then uh, we will see what happens. So, so we're moving, we're around, uh, we're targeting the 10 million ARR which is um, our next our next step. Exactly. So it counts around 100 plus uh, people and, uh, and of course, post Series B uh, in terms of uh, funding rounds. In funding rounds, yeah. But we, we've been quite stable in that sense. So it's a, a very well-managed company in, from that point of view, uh, meaning that we've not, we haven't done too much rounds. Resources are well managed, and, and now we have this challenge to, to reach the 10 million ARR. 
Right. It's, it's a very common one, as I'd like to share, and, and you know these stats as well, just 4% uh, of all companies get to 1 million in revenues, 0.4% to 10 million, and 0.04% to 100 million. And uh, what a burn to the record business tries to do is it's to do all of this in, in 10 years or, or less, which is, uh, it's really going to the Olympics uh, of business or to the Champions League of business and very few are able to do it uh, in, in the history. So it's it's quite amazing what has been done at, at Force Manager during these 10 years. And it was also one of the first companies in, in the beginning of the Spanish ecosystem uh, with this new venture capital flavor. Uh, so it, it, it is one of the first ones. And uh, even as you said, the, the, the funding rounds at that time were, were not big. So it is very capital efficient in, in that sense. I think, I think to me, the secret is that the company has a very good product. So it's a product company. Um, it's so the, the moment the product is um, providing, um, providing value to the market, it's, it's hard not to do exactly. it right. So you, you can, sell more or be more or less efficient and so on. But if the product is good, then, and it has uh, fit with the market, uh, you may be slower or quicker, but, but results come. So, and, and I think what, that's, that's part of the secret of, of course manager. Yeah. Yeah, I was just highlighting uh, how difficult it is to, to build a sustainable uh, SaaS business that we should celebrate uh, we did. more of that. Uh, and as you said, uh, and we will discuss it later, it, it's really a creating a revenue machine product is at the, is at the center. And if we don't have a, an amazing product, it's we can do everything in sales, marketing, CS, but... Uh, and it will work. It will work. And I think I think we we make this mistake a lot of times, and, and getting into into the lessons learned and sharing our skill up experience over the years, uh, I tend to see uh, a lot of CEOs and, and COOs focusing a lot uh, on on the revenue seats related to sales, marketing, and, and CS, and, and forgetting the the product uh, at the center. So it's really creating a machine that puts all of all of those seats to get working together and being able to create that machine uh, and not just uh, making sales work. It's, I like to say it's not a sales target, it's a revenue target. Uh, and this implies that it's, it's not only a labor of sales, it's a labor of a revenue team and the revenue team uh, has to get, needs to gather together marketing, sales, CS and, and product, of course, Finance and people are another two very important pillars for to create any successful uh, business. But it's curious to see. So let's let's start by covering our three critical ingredients uh, for scaling up. Uh, you already know those and, and the audience as well. Over this 170 plus uh, episode so far, we always discuss first one radical focus number two world-class leadership slash team slash culture we keep adding new layers to that second one and uh, the third one more related to rituals and uh, routines it sets you free which is the culture of um, execution so starting with with the number one radical focus so uh this is a very sophisticated, this is kind of, uh, you know, the Champions League Olympic Games of business. 
and we tend sometimes to overcomplicate and to not do the basics. And, and it's, it's very, very difficult to, to simplify and, and complexity is the enemy of, of scale. So we need to have the courage of doubling down on what works to not reinvent the wheel uh, and to not to try, to try to do too many things at the same time. I know that you are you are really really focused and and your labor as a CEO is amazing there. I I've, I had the opportunity to experience that, uh, but what are some of the lessons learned around bringing radical focus to a company and how do you think it is important not important? So what what's your opinion and what are some of your key takeaways? Sorry for the long question. <laughs> no. <laughs> no worry. Um, so um, I don't know if it's because I have uh, not too much time during the day so but I tend to simplify everything so and 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 just uh bring bring the things to to the basics no and normally what happens with companies especially if they are they baked by venture capital is that you enter in a urgent growth mode that um, um normally what happens is companies make the assumption that the more markets they are open the more product additions they have, the more services they render, sales and growth will come easily. And it's um, completely the other way around. So if you want to scale up, to me, you need to know what's the core thing that you know how to do well and replicate that. But until you do not do this thing 100% well done, you, you can't replicate anything because there's, I mean, you won't do it properly. And if you are not replicating properly, the only thing that you're doing is adding complexity to your organization. So the operational uh, holes and errors that you have in the whatever, the first thing you're selling or the first country where you're selling, if this is not working perfectly as a machine, and, and it has errors, those errors you're gonna replicate in the next one. So you're gonna make sure that in terms of a strategy, product and, and operations, that is working 100% perfect. And what it's hard, depending on the moment you have in the company, uh, you may be at the point where you need to decide which is your next step, analyzing whether this, this core thing that you know how to do, you are doing well or not, and you know how to replicate that but in other moments what you need to do is analyzing what the company is doing and just cut things and normally this is a very painful decision because uh, because uh, those uh, markets those products those uh, teams whatever you need to cut off um, they were set up um some time ago, and there's there's um, emotional decisions linked to why did we open Australia? Why did we open I don't know uh, North America, or why why did we open Africa? And then you need to sit there, and regardless of what the decisions were in the past, analyze if if it is contributing positively in the company with a level of complexity that is acceptable or not. And if it's not, you need to cut that. And that's hard, that's hard. So, so I would say to me, it's easier when deciding which is the next step, like I'm doing well this thing or the company is doing well this. So I want to replicate that. This normally it's easier because it's very constructive 
So for, for the team and the organization and the management, it's okay, we're, we're doing a step forward. And in the other cases, it's hard because people tend to think that you are doing a step backwards. And normally it's not, it's not true. You're, you're doing a step back just to do two in the front in the, in the future. But, but it's, it's, it's a very hard decision and you need to analyze everything properly. And, and after that, just make sure that the organization is, is simplifying everything. And um, according to what you're saying, I'm 100% agree. The less complexity, the easier to scale up. It's, it seems contradictory, but it's not. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And I really enjoyed the, the angle that you approached the, the painful and the emotional decisions because we all, or some of us have been in, in different stages of, of a company and uh, it is really, the eyes are really high and the lows are really low. And we can have those eyes and lows in, in the same day or in the same week or in the same quarter, it depends. They are more early stages and later stages. But for the ones who have never had the experience of being in a later stage company, I can also assure you that there are weeks <laughs> that you can even have those very eyes that we think that we will conquer the world and those lows that we think we don't have nothing and we will not have any option to, to survive. So what you said about having those painful and emotional decisions and that emotional uh, maturity, it's really important as leaders in, in those kind of situations. And I'm assuming that sometimes I'm, I'm not the stronger one uh, also to keep that, uh, that capacity of, of getting perspective over the reality and not getting too much into um, the reality. But of course, it's much more exciting when you come and say, look, we have been last year in two markets on two geographies and now we will be next we will expand to another eight and we get into the press and we we look into the conference and in the talks and the podcast and also it's it's amazing and one year later you say look we have expanded from two markets to ten markets and now we are going down to four markets so we are leaving six markets and this can be huge progress this can mean huge growth but emotionally it is complicated. It seems that we are giving, as you said, a step back, not two steps forward. And we might be growing much more in those free markets and being able even to get to the 10 million ARR just in those free markets instead of the complexity of 10 or 15 markets with different languages. But emotionally, it is difficult to, um, to be able to go through that process uh, and not sometimes even communicating it externally, but communicating it to the team and internally seeing this as a victory and the step forward instead, instead of a step back. I would, I would even say the first challenge is to manage the management team to take this decision and the emotions of the management team. Because normally um, when you need to reduce complexity, this decision was taken in the past by someone in the management team or the whole management team. So at some point, there's someone in this team raising the hand and saying, hey, we're not doing the right way. And we need to change that. So you are going against someone's decision in the past. And my recommendation there could be just make sure that the numbers are right. And you might have the decision very clear in your mind, but then you need to take your time 
to manage the emotions. Because sometimes people just say no to something that it's clear for everyone, but it's for emotional reasons and, and it's right to have them. So, I mean, I mean, we're human beings, we're not machines just, so it's not Excel running our companies, it's people running our companies. So uh, you need to, so in your plan of simplification, you need to reserve time to manage emotions of everyone, of the management team, of yourself, if you were the one that took this decision in the past, not in force manager, but in the past, I had to take the decision of opening a country and then closing such countries. So, and, and during this year, I hired people, I had to uh, fire people because I, I had to decide to close it. So you may have the business decision clear in your mind, but you, you need time to mature this decision emotionally and help other people in the in the team to mature this this idea emotionally, and then you need to communicate that to the rest of the company and the rest of the team, as it is, as and as you were saying, it's it's a so it's a painful decision at some point, but it's it's a, a decision to um, make better in the future and and to gr to grow in the future. So you. The, the more transparent you are, obviously we all know that you there are things that you can't share with all all the team. But I mean, it's it's good to recognize that there are errors in the company and that we might have taken a decision that it didn't work. So it 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 happens. So people, it's it's it's. Um, they they understand what's happening, so they they see that things are not working. So nothing happens if you just sit in front of them and say, "Hey, we open I don't know, we open Africa and it's not working. We don't have the right people. We don't have the right focus. The product it's not adapted for the market. We are suffering this because there's people devoted to that country, that market, and and we know they're not having a good time." in the company trying to run this, then let's cut this. Let's try to reassign people to other, to other projects. Or if not, and unfortunately, some people may have to leave, but uh, we're doing this for good and we're doing this for the best future of the company. So if you if you just explain that to the team, they normally understand that the same way if you share that with your investors. So they, I mean, they're very analytical and they, they understand. Normally it's easier to convince an investor than, than the team, but. Absolutely, reducing complexity. And I think it's it's a common issue. And I saw on, your, on our conversation, uh, kind of underestimating, and we, we, have, we have seen this a lot of times, but underestimating the, the process of change, right? Uh, to budget the time to manage with emotions, to, to budget the time needed also when we open a new market. So we expect that because we open a new market, it is already in scaling up stage uh, uh, as the mature market where we are in. And those are in very different stages or in problem solution fit, product market fit, go to market fit. And, uh, and maybe the, the domestic market is already in, in scale-up stage. So 
and it, it's difficult to understand that, of course, if you are just starting a market and trying to find product market fit, it will take more time. <laughs> so it will not grow from one day to another and we'll need to put more resources and it will be a loss in, in the short term uh, there because you we, we are planting the future um, as well. And there's many variables and I like to see that the equation kind of the size plus the industry plus uh, the geo. Uh, if you change just one of the variables, uh, you are adding a layer of complexity. And again, you need to have a kind of a classification of product market fit, go-to-market fit, problem solution fit, scaling up to each of those combinations of the three variables. So if you are in Spain working in enterprise and working in manufacturing, it's different than being in Italy, working in enterprise, working in manufacturing. Just change a variable and you have a different business. And if you change the free variables, which happens a lot, so we work small business, mid-size, enterprise, in manufacturing, telco, uh, banking, and uh, we are in Spain, US, Canada, <laughs> so we, we and, you can... need to add, and you need to add a new variable to this, and it's your team. Because the team that it's correct for one market, one product, and one uh, stage of maturity of the market, it doesn't work for the other one because, because they don't have the same skills. But And if you add the geographical variable, then we are not even, we are all European, we are not the same if we are Italian or German or or, or British. So, so uh, the if, if it's complex enough, just not taking into account the team, then you need to add the team on the top of it, which is which which makes things more more complex. But that's that's the nice things of uh, of the services company. So absolutely. I love it. And you kind of brought the, the second topic, the world-class leadership slash team slash culture into the conversation. It's a great point. It's a very innovative uh, one that it's kind of, especially when you start a market or a new GU or a new GU, a new, a new company size segment or a new vertical, you might need to assemble a squad or a specific team, kind of a founding team, like a startup, right? A founding team inside a scale-up to kind of approach an hypothesis and see if that uh, business thesis is correct. So we can then double down and, and start finding product market fit and then scaling it up. It's kind of thinking more as a role of an investor inside of a scale-up and starting to do small bets uh, and few bets in, in what might be the future avenues of growth of that uh, scale. So I, I love it the way you kind of put together a very small squad that is very agile, that is very autonomous, that can go fast and not get um, delayed or, 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 or obstructed by the complexity or the bureaucracy, the bureaucracy of the, of the scale-up. You need to identify in your company who are the ones that have this entrepreneurial mindset. Because whenever you, whenever you start something, um, so it's not the same as maintaining or scaling up the the project. And and as you were saying, the maturity of the market or whatever it's different. So so you need to identify the people that 
can run something new and you need to identify whether they will fill this as own as their their own project because at the very early stage of, of any venture you you do you need to have this this feeling of ownership and it's more than accountability it's this feeling that hey that's my responsibility and it's, this is going to happen because i am behind this and i i i want this to go as it is as as it has to and but also they need to be people that can work easily in chaos because normally when you start something it so it's it's contradictory what i said at the beginning of my of my of my talk to you but it's, it's you need to know that it works 100% so that you can replicate but as you were saying if i'm i'm operating in spain and everything is working properly and and the machine is running very well but if i try to move this to italy i know that it's not going to work so I don't know if you can bring someone to me and tell me, hey, I have replicated 100 countries and they work the same way, all of them. Just please bring that person to me because I want to know that one. But it's not. So normally, when because it's what you were saying, we have differences and the markets are different and the approaches are different. So you try to replicate that. So you give this responsibility to a team and you encourage the team, but they need to be... Um, flexible enough and resilient enough to make changes and adapt to it changes very quickly. So it's like identifying, hey, this that was working in Spain, it's not working in Italy. How how can we turn this around? Or how we can find a quick and dirty solution just to make sure that it works and then we will set up a final solution for for the problem or whatever. And normally those teams who work well in this environment in this moment you can have them forever there because they get very bored. So after they've set up this for one year or something like this, then you need to change the people because the, the challenge at that point is another thing. The challenge is maintaining or increasing or developing that market, but it's, it's set up already. So, and then you need to change the team at that point. I, I don't know if it's one year or whatever, it depends on, on the moment and, and the complexity of the launch. I, I really love it because uh, it's kind of, and we've discussed this in the in the past in a, in a in a past show, which is the difference of builders and and scalers. And uh, in a scale up, as we were discussing, the core business might be in scaling up mode, but there are new business that will represent the future of the business that are in starting up mode, and those kind of those those businesses need uh, builders, not scalers. So scalers will do a poor jo job when it's needed uh, to build something, and builders will do a poor job if they are asked to scale something. And as you said, they sometimes builders are much more the entrepreneurs or the startups uh, who prefer much more to fix things and, and try to solve challenges. And when the, when the machine is, in, is, is working, they get bored. So yep, it's not it. I need to build the next the next machine. So now it's a scalar. Okay, now let's go through those operating systems, those rhythms, and uh, not not uh, increase complexity, decrease 
do tough decisions. That's that's not me. That's another person. And this happens a lot also with uh, with founder CEOs. Uh, yeah. In, in, in lots of companies, so. And but that's that's our responsibility. Uh, our responsibility as managers, identifying who is in the right position and and who is not. And it is not only in terms of technical knowledge. So obviously, if I have a developer, or but I might have a software development a developer that at some point is bored of the job he's doing, and maybe he's good do great in product, or maybe who to create in marketing, I don't know. And, or and at, 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 at a position that um, requires some more, I don't know, builder skills or something like that. So that's 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 our responsibility as a managers. And, and the great point that we got today, and that's an, a new uh, innovation for, for the show and uh, compressing all the learnings, scaling companies, it's really that we don't need, we, we, we have to build more than one revenue machine. We need to build multiple revenue machines in order to build a 100 million business uh, or plus. So just because of what we said, the combination of those factors and different soft teams. And as we discuss about, typically on, 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 on the podcast, we discuss too much on, on the main company, on, on the core company, but we forget to say, about having the right people on the right seats for each stage of growth. But every single business inside the business needs to follow the same rules. And sometimes we forget that because we kind of put ourselves in the mindset of a scale-up and we forget that we have startups inside the, the, the company. Yep. <laughs> that, that, that's a great point. I think it was a breakthrough for me today. Thank you for that. That's it. So that's, I, I think that's a complexity that all companies face. But it's uh, very present in the startups because it's very quick. So digital companies, their their early years. Um, so they have this the, all these projects and initiatives, and they're going all at the same time, and they are at different moments. So that that's that's the big challenge. So knowing how to manage each project or each initiative, and with the right people and and with the right pressure and urgency. So, so that's, but it's, it's not something that happens only in a startup. So if, if imagine, a, a, I don't know, a huge bank, they have entrepreneurial initiative also. They have their, their day-to-day business running and they're trying to do other things and they're innovating and that kind of thing. But they're, they, they have the possibility to have very different teams and they have the resources and so on. And, and in the startup, it's kind of more mixed. Or you may have people that it's doing, that it's running projects at different speed at the same time. So you need to make sure that they, they, they know how to balance that. So that it's more complex in the startups because we have less resources. We have lack of resources. And, and also the kind of the speed of growth is, is completely different, right? So in a, in a scallop, we need to be able to double, triple uh, revenues every single year. And uh, in kind of a large corporate, we need a, we might be able to do more, more bets and to not have an impact on the bottom line, um, which, which I, I completely agree uh, with you. We have a part of our... Um, episodes are dedicated to corporate scale-ups, uh, what we call about scaling up in, within corporates or with corporates. 
And uh, that's, that's definitely um, a great point. So let's go into the number three uh, culture of uh, execution, just giving some backgrounds. Typically, the CEO brings into the company uh, kind of the operating system, uh, a rhythm, a cadence, some organization, some structure to help the company to uh, scale up. Uh, and, and typically also doing a great partnership with the CEO, which tends to be more visionary and uh, is more bored with creating that machine, that operating system that is able um, to scale. And, and you know uh, what is my point and my take on, on the importance of uh, rituals. So what is your key takeaways and what would you recommend or share about your lessons learned about rituals and, and the culture of execution? So um, basically what, what I've learned is um, when you have a team which entrepreneurial mindset, um, what they tend to do is avoid routines. So, but that's, that's something that it's in the nature. I mean, that's simply because they have this entrepreneurial mindset and the entrepreneurial mindset being eight. I'm doing something different every day. I'm trying something different and so on. When, when you are at the point of a scale-up, what you need to do is replicate, replicate, and replicate. And that means processes and going back to the process every time. And what I've seen, this is very hard. So you normally convince people, hey, we need a process. We need to follow the process. And you, you have everyone aligned and then you start and week two, you have already one person that it's not following the process. Week two, you have two persons. Week three, you have 10 people not following the process because they, they've, they've got bored of that. And or, or the other thing that I normally listen to is, hey, it was working properly, but I decided that we could take a shortcut. And it's like, yeah, but if you're taking a shortcut, there are some things that are not happening or there's information that we are not um, collecting and we need it for the future, whatever. So um, it's, it's a very tiring uh, job, but you need to set the process and the rituals and make sure that people is following that. And there need to be someone taking care of that. So it's like just revisiting this. Obviously, you need to be flexible in the sense that they may identify that the process they find it's not working properly so you need to listen to what's going on and and change it and if it's not working but but so you have to just repeat and repeat and repeat hey there's a process and we need to follow the process otherwise you can't scale that so imagine it's, it's very common in the sales team. When Normally, when you start a company, you need a kind a, a type of account executive that it's very autonomous. It's like launching someone in the sea and just telling them, hey, you got to swim. And they swim. You find you find an account executive that they just simply swim and they, they do that great. And they arrive to Mallorca from Barcelona and you you even gave them any resources and, you, and they do it. And that's great. But when the company, it's not in early stage and you need to scale up, you need to set a playbook, a sales process and so on. So you need to put everyone in a boat 
and just roll the set at the same rhythm and 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 follow the path. Otherwise, that won't scale because everyone has their process and their, I don't know, their solutions and 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 their approach to the client and so on. It's very typical in the in the sales team, but also in operations team and, and so on. Normally, I would say technology, it's more organized because they are organized already. So it's people more, more organized. But um, especially marketing sales and operations, you need to make sure that this is, I mean, they, they enter in a in an operation uh, uh, in a process and they follow that. And there's a continuous improvement of that pro- process. So listening to the feedback and just improving it. Love it. So we are coming to the end of the show. And before I ask my favorite question, the final one, is there any other point that we didn't discuss that you'd like to, to add something on? Um, well, I think there's something that we discussed in the past uh, in the different interactions that we had that didn't come up in the conversation. And um, I think um, it's very important the team working as a team at all levels. So I would say <laughs> that needs to start in the management team. It may happen that in the management team, you normally have um, egos, egos and that kind of thing. So so uh, that that cuts all possibility of a scale up. So starting by the management team, people need to work together. And um, with an attitude of giving feedback and improving and and making sure that we have an, a common target and we all together need to need to reach there it's obvious that no one by himself or herself brings a company from zero to 10 million ARR so there's no one that can do that by itself so you need a team and you need to work as a team. And uh, and that it's um, most times if it's something that it's said, but it's not done. So um, I think it's it's a point where it's uh, worth it to invest a lot, like spending time and making sure that the machine is working as a team and that everyone is in the same page. And that starts from the management team normally. Absolutely. It's kind of common sense, but not common practice as we started uh-huh. the, the show. And uh, and be careful, especially for any leader and especially for, for founders uh, to avoid the superhero syndrome. But this can happen to any of us that we are able to solve everything by ourselves and that we will save the world alone. Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> we have more people that can help us and yep. we need to have the humility of asking for help and working together to be able to, to, to make it happen. So mm. uh, may I call on me as well on, on this one sometimes, but uh, good to have I think all of us, all of us, all of us. So it's not you or all of us. We, t- we all tend to do that. And so you, you just need to realize that there's people that can help you. And that if you let those persons do that, maybe you can you can invest your time in other things that they can or more strategic things just because you have more information than, than them and, and you can contribute the company differently. So it's not the saving the world mode, it's not. So it's good, but it's not scalable. 
Exactly. Great point. And we, we come to, to the last question of the show, which is if you would have the opportunity to meet Monica uh, in the beginning of your engagements with early stage companies and later stage uh, scale-ups, what advice would you offer to your younger self? Um, I would um, so I would I would say that um, projects go well or wrong mainly depending on the people you have. So it's a it's a matter of people. So you you may have a good idea, and if you don't have the right team, it's tough to make it work, and it won't probably um, success. If you have a regular idea but it's very good well executed and normally that comes from having a very good team and uh, but not only a good team in in terms of technical skills again it's it's a, a team that it's working as a team and and that has a common target and very focused and with a good leadership so you, you will you will success in there so to me uh, the recommendation would be um, to put the attention in the team and spend time with them and make sure you have the right team at uh, every moment. That's the idea. Love it. Create team and invest in creating a, an amazing culture that can yeah. have all of them together. Monique, it was such a pleasure to host you on the show. Uh, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks to you for inviting us. And to our community, we keep bringing you the best of the best to make it easier on your way from 1 million to 1 trillion. See you soon and keep scaling. <laughs>